Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside my good friend and host of the Bucks Radio Network, the Bucks Post Game Show, Bucks Courtside Live. Of course, it's Justin Garcia, who I did try and get on the show last night at about one o'clock central time after the Bucks lost to the Clippers. Eventually, guilt got the better of me, and I said, listen, man, I, I think it's time for you to just try and get some sleep here. So we're going to roll today. We'll touch on last night's game. We'll touch on a few other things I want to talk about, including Clutch Drew and also any concerns that we might have and you might have uh, regarding the Bucks. But today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2%, uh, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. And we are live again on the Locker Room app. Uh, as you guys know, I've plugged this a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but you can download... The Locker Room app, if you have an Apple product, I will say that for now. I think they're working on uh, Android and and those types of things. But you can jump in the chat room. We've got a bunch of people in the chat room right now. Uh, We're also going to be taking questions from the listeners later in the show as well. So it's a fun platform. Um, We're going to try and do this once a week on an off day for the Bucks and get you guys involved. But Justin, uh, did you get some sleep, first of all? Are you feeling refreshed and ready for this show? Um, I, I don't know if I'm feeling refreshed, but I'm definitely ready for it. And I, uh, I felt <laughs> somewhat uh, guilty yesterday when I got the text. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. And then when when you told me just as I was wrapping or close to wrapping my post game show, don't worry about it, I'll do it. It was uh, like, all right, I, I do feel kind of relieved about this that I can leave the arena before like two thirty. But uh, yeah, I mean. Yesterday's game was that was a fun post game to do, and I'm sure you had just as much fun doing the solo pod last night. It kind of reminded me of when I was working at the Australian Open going back a few weeks ago, and I really gave you the unfortunate task of recapping. I think I think it was the back to back losses to the Raptors, and I think even the yeah. second game of that back to back, I texted you and said, "Listen, man, don't even worry about it. I'll get something tomorrow. I can't quite possibly put you through this." And I, I will say. People know, people that have listened to this show for a while know that I do try and avoid doing the solo pods just for the reason that it's it can be challenging and particularly after a tough loss. And and I still think, I mean, that loss to the Clippers yesterday was one of the more disappointing games of the season when you take into account all the factors, the fact that the Bucks got some of those guys back. And just in, in general, you catch a bit of a break without Paul George, you, you have to take advantage of that because as we are going to find out here over the next few weeks with games against Portland, uh, the Lakers obviously are a little bit underdone, but Dallas, you have these teams, Sacramento who's playing really good basketball, um, you have to start to find some rhythm. And I, I just thought overall that in a game where, to me, and I know there was a lot of talk about lineups and you can certainly let me know how you felt about it, Justin, but to me, a lot of it, particularly when it came to the rebounding, it, it was effort. They were outworked, and I don't think there's a there's a whole um, 
list of excuses that you can come up with for that other than the Bucks didn't look like they were ready to play. Yeah, it was weird where, uh, I mean, it was obviously a poor rebounding game. It was it was clearly their worst of the season that the Clippers, I think, got 60% of the rebounds and they had an offensive rebounding rate near 35 for most of the game. It just was very uncharacteristic of this team. And there was a handful of instances where, um, you know, like we saw in the second half where Giannis had his hands on a rebound and just couldn't corral it. And that seemed to happen over and over in the game where they were just kind of flat after that first quarter. And what you brought up especially was why it was huge. And you hope this isn't one that kind of lingers with you throughout the second half of the season that, you know, we knew Serge Ibaka was out. We knew Patrick Beverly was out. But then about 20 minutes before tip-off, we get the updated list of starters from media relations saying, oh, by the way, Paul George isn't playing in this game either. So, you see that and you see the players that you get back and you think this is a very winnable game for a number of reasons. I mean, the Bucks have been very successful against the Clippers as well. I think they've won prior to last night four or five in a row. And you were all of a sudden looking at not only is this a winnable game, but man, this could be like a four and two road trip. And it's especially important and it's, it's one that I hope you don't look back on because you look at those two teams that are in front of you, and they are not – I mean, I know the 76ers are playing right now against the Nuggets, but outside of that game, neither of those two teams are going through a terribly difficult stretch of scheduling right now, especially Brooklyn. And, you know, you look at what the Bucks have in front of them, you're still within arm's reach of those two teams, but you don't want to lose winnable games, especially against those good teams, because – all of these wins are going to matter. And, you know, I know the overall objective for this team is to just get better throughout the season. And we all agreed we shouldn't be as focused on regular season wins and losses. But there is, that being said, still some importance on winning the Eastern Conference this year. And if you don't win it, you hope the Brooklyn Nets win it. So that's why games like last night could potentially be big. So shout out to Brendan Sweeney in the chat who sent the Jason Kidd gif, uh, the famous gif of him running, trying to get a timeout. I believe that was in Chicago during, I'm going to guess that was game five in 2015 off the top of my head. I believe that's right, which is funny because I referenced that game earlier this week on Twitter with the as the MCW game where he had 20, 22, 9, 8, uh, 10 for 15 from the field. One of my favorite random Bucks performances of recent years. But he, he sent the gif because I mentioned the energy uh, and the effort on the rebounding. And it's funny now in, in Bucks Twitter and anyone that's had any investment in the Bucks over those few years, anytime I hear in any sport, and, and actually not even in sport, in any walk of life, anyone, anytime I hear people use the words energy and effort, I straight away think of Jason Kidd. It's, it's yeah. impossible not to think about that. One of the positives, if you want to take away from yesterday's game, and again, there wasn't a lot of them, but it was the performance of Drew Holiday, and it certainly tapered off as the game went on. But the first quarter in particular, again, uh, we saw the best of Drew Holiday with 12 points and five assists. They didn't win, quite obviously, but 24 points for Drew and alongside Giannis. It was the continued trend of really Drew being the absolute consistent guy next to Giannis in terms of um, scoring production against the top teams in the league. And we're going to get to playoff concerns a little bit later on in this show. But for me, you know, above all the results that we've seen and the disappointing losses like yesterday, I still think that the reason and the sole reason I still feel good about this team entering the playoffs and 
when I look back, better about this team in the playoffs compared to last year's team is for the reason that they have Drew Holiday on the roster because consistently this season, he has been the guy that has delivered in all those games. And Chris Milton, and everyone knows, I'm a huge Chris Milton fan, as big as they come, but he's been a little bit inconsistent this year in in some of those bigger games. There's no doubt about that. And I was taking a look at some of the clutch numbers so far this season. Drew Holiday, 9 for 17, and clutch, just for those that aren't aware, they they use the term clutch or clutch minutes or clutch stats come in a game in the final five minutes or overtime where the margin is five points or fewer. So that's what they determine as clutch. So Drew Holiday this year, nine for 17 from the field, three for six from three and six for six from the free throw line. So over 50% from the field and the three-point line. Uh, And that matches up with what I believe it's been like. You think about some of the big shots he's hit, opening night in Boston, the game winner against... Uh, Memphis just before the All-Star break, and you could list uh, a bunch of other times where he's come up with big shots for the Bucs. There's no doubt about that. Giannis, 18 for 29 from the field in the clutch. Again, a lot of people say he can't close. He's taken more shots than anyone else on the Bucks roster in the clutch, and he's over 60% from the field. Chris Milton, on the other hand, has really struggled. He's been 11 for 28, 4 for 13 from three. And it's fascinating to look at that because when I looked at these clutch numbers last year, from last year as well, Chris Milton really did not shoot the ball well. But in previous years, I've always looked at it and said, well, it kind of makes sense that Chris Milton is taking high volume in the clutch and also uh, perhaps that the percentages aren't that high because we do know that not only does he take difficult shots during the the regular course of the game, but in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line, he was really the only guy that the opposition was worried about for, on the perimeter taking jump shots. I mean, obviously they have to contend with Giannis, but Chris Middleton's been the jump shot guy. So I think this year adding in Drew Holiday, I probably would expect and still do expect that there's going to be times where Chris Middleton hits big shots. And we've seen him come up with some nice fourth quarters this year. There's no doubt about that. And he's been super efficient overall. But that number and those numbers there are the reason why I feel better about this team heading towards the playoffs. And Drew Holiday, you can't deny that he is a guy that really, really wants the moment. He, t- he talks the talk and he walks the walk on the court because he's been a guy that said right from his very original uh, media conference that we had with him when he was still in his house, he said, if you're not built for the, for the moment, then you probably shouldn't be in this business. And to this point, we've seen a guy that backs it up. All right, let's jump into our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week now. For those that are playing at home, you will know that Giannis has four of these. Drew Holiday picked up one last week, but neither of those guys are picking up the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week this week. And uh, we remember with Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. With 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And if you think about enjoyment and the Milwaukee Bucks, then I think you immediately think about Thanasis. Now, he is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week for his 23-point, 10-rebound, 5-assist performance against the Knicks. And yes, the Bucks lost. But you've heard me on this podcast talk about Thanasis and the joy that he brings to this team and the joy that he has uh, within his own game. And for getting the reward of the start, for going 4 for 5 from 3, Thanasis is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And remember, we always ask, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Thanasis, the Michelob, Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Go 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. You hate to keep piling on and and keep, uh, I mean, it's not going to go away, but making the comparison (laughs) between Drew Holiday and the Bucks point guard the previous few seasons here and through their playoff runs. But it's, it's just, for those of us that were Eric Bledsoe fans up until the very end, and, you know, maybe you were in the group that thought, are we really sure Drew Holiday is this much of an upgrade that we're being led to believe that, you know, Eric Bledsoe was fine and sure he had his moments in the postseason, but are we sure this is what puts him over the top? I mean, I know it's just the regular season, but when you watch some of these moments, you realize, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely something that swings it big time. And you and I talked about it before, too, that, I mean, it's easy to say now with the benefit of hindsight, but if the Bucks had Drew Holiday, if this trade was made two years ago, they win the championship. That they they beat the Raptors in that series in all likelihood, and uh, they at least test the Warriors. If especially if that team has the health issues they had against the Raptors in the finals, so it really does swing things just because of everything you touched on with Chris. That you can't play five on four in late situations in the game, and really at times we saw five on three where. The, the opposition just did not respect Eric Bledsoe's offense at all, and there was ways where they would build the wall and do the same thing to Giannis where you could basically group up most of your defense and say, we're only concerned with these three guys. And even then, it's it's mostly Chris Middleton that you're keying in on. So he changes so much with that dynamic and just his ability to create offense. I mean, we've we've heard him talk about living for that moment. We've talked about what he did in the playoffs with the Pelicans when they took down the Blazers and he outplayed Damian Lillard. And even on a smaller scale, I mean, seeing what he did against the Memphis Grizzlies just in front of the uh, all-star break and a game where he did the same thing against the Pistons and had a, a big stretch in that game where he took over in the fourth quarter, even opening night where it didn't prove to be the game winner, but he hit a big shot late in the game that put the Bucks in front that we're already seeing a handful of these throughout the regular season where you can just tell it's not a difference. It's that Drew Holiday is the difference for this team, and that's exactly what they've been looking for the last few years. So a couple of guys in the chat, Nathan says that he this Drew love is absolutely music to his ears right now, and I think that that honestly is the general sentiment from all Bucks fans. Certainly what I see, nothing but love for the way that this guy has played this season. Uh, he says he's going to be great in these playoffs and hopefully for years to come, which brings us to the next point here. He is extension eligible right now. I think that, you know, at the start of the year, there was so much talk about the trade and what the Bucks gave up. But I think that there was a significant under- understanding within the Bucks organization that they needed that upgrade and they needed to go from having two guys to having three guys. And with Drew Holiday, they got that. A guy that hasn't really had the opportunity to shine on the postseason stage. We always reference that one series. And that that's, to me, what highlights how little opportunities had. We all talk about one series against the right. Portland Trailblazers going back a couple of years ago. So now he gets his opportunity. As far as the extension goes, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see or sense any reason from listening to him talk from the urgency the way that he wants to succeed here the again i mean he's always going to be this guy but the work he's doing in the community is fantastic as well i don't sense any reason to feel that he won't sign an extension but again uh you know potentially this is just uh, getting down to business they want to get through this season get through the postseason and work out those things at the end of the year we will wait and see how that pans out i'm not i don't know anything 
Justin, so I, I don't want anyone to 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 say that I am I'm suggesting it's going to happen in the next few days, but I, I'm not going to say. I, I, I will just mention that a couple of years ago, uh, I was out on a West Coast trip. We were in LA, and I was actually I remember this very clearly. I was I was taking a nap by the pool. It was at this time of year. Uh, and I'd it was the Dave Laker game. Right, and Eric Bledsoe signed the extension. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's precedent. There's precedent for this type of situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm uh, well. Let's hope so. I'm with you. Where <laughs> we we have no reason to think, you know, this is a one and done. And uh, look, I, I know at the risk of uh, the tampering that's already gone on that this team has had to deal with, you, you want to be careful. But I I would assume there was already some type of uh, conversations and dipping your toe in the pool of, so if we do this and we give up quite a bit, what are the chances that you're going to stay here? And I know that a lot can change over the course of a year, but I'm sure those preliminary discussions were already had. I mean, the difficult part for Drew Holiday, which, you know, I guess if you're a skeptic is what you would point to is even if you did discuss those things and say, okay, yeah, assuming that, you know, we have a successful year and I, I mesh well with the team, this is, this is someplace I'd like to stay. But the interesting part is if you're Drew Holiday, not to make Bucks fans panic, you look at how this year has gone off the court and not with the Bucks, but just in the NBA, and you see a star-studded free agent class that was billed for the summer of 2021 just get picked off one by one, and all of a sudden Drew Holiday – is in line to make a lot of money where, I mean, the good news for Drew is you've made yourself even richer now that, you know, he is going to be one of, if not the most of all the guys that are going to hit the market sought after free agents on the market this year. I'm far from a cap expert. And Frank is the guy that, that outlines all this stuff and certainly educates me a hell of a lot when it comes to the CBA and all those types of things. But the big thing to note is that you don't actually get a cap room if Drew Holiday doesn't sign an right. extension. It's not like if Drew Holiday doesn't sign, the Bucks are going to have all this free cap space to get someone else. So that's why also we know Milwaukee are going to be a tax team. And yeah. we spoke about the fact that avoiding the tax this year actually kind of makes sense. It's not, you know, given the moves that the Bucks are going to be able to make and the fact that they're hard cap, the trade deadline's gone now, any type of trade or staying under the tax makes sense. They're going to be a tax team moving forward. But signing Drew and paying him, really, whatever he commands, uh, just get it done. Get it done. And I, I will say this. I, I messaged uh, our friend Camille Davis when I tweeted out that we were going to be on Locker Room here. And I said, if I see you in the chat, you're not getting away without coming on the show. So uh, Camille is with us, I believe. Uh, can, are, you, are you on? Have, have we got you? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. So, all right. Camille Davis from the Technical Foul Podcast. Uh, everyone should be checking that out. I've got an episode that I need to check out because I've been watching Last Chance You, the basketball version of that. So once I finish that series, I need to check out their episode on that. But Camille, talking about Drew Holiday, when we say that we believe that the Bucs are a better team this year, do you first of all, do you agree with that sentiment? And what role, unless it's all of it, does Drew Holiday play in that? Because I do feel a sense of calm late in games and in big moments having Drew there that I, I don't think that I had in seasons gone by. I would definitely agree with that. That was part of why I wanted Drew Holiday on the team. I just did not expect him to be as good as he is, and I was already a fan of his. Um, the thing with Drew is he makes really good decisions, and that might sound minor, but as the point guard, when you have the ball in your hands like that, 
being able to make the right decision at the right time is very, very important. And like Justin mentioned earlier, it's not to pile on Eric Bledsoe. I was a Bledsoe <laughs> fan, <laughs> but there were times where he'd get the ball, especially on a fast break, and he was so quick, he would just kind of run as quickly as he can down the court. And by the time that he got down there, he didn't know what the next move was going to be, which would normally lead to either a bad uh, attempt at the rim or a turnover or just, just not a smooth transition game there. And when I see Drew pushing the ball, I don't have those same concerns of how is this going to end? Because generally speaking, I, I trust Drew to make the right decision. And that comes in really, really big. And as you guys mentioned with the playoffs, just – He's up for the moment. Like the way he took over the first quarter against the Clippers was unbelievable last night. And he has that in him. And that's just another gear that I don't think we had at the point guard position here recently. It's built by madness time, guys. And everyone listening to this podcast has heard me talk about built bar, which we know is the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate. Now we are well and truly in the throes of the Flavorful Four now. We have our first Flavorful Four matchup. It's Cookie Dough Chunk versus Cookies and Cream. For me, I'm going with Cookies and Cream. I'm singing, <laughs> sending Cookies and Cream through to the championship matchup in March in Built Bar Madness. It's, it's really, I'm, I'm so excited right now. I can barely speak. The other matchup we have is Mint Brownie and Coconut Brownie Chunk. And remember... With Built Bar, you can check out the brackets. You can get involved in the fun. Just go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. And once you're done, jump across betonline.ag. We know the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, we're into the final four in March Madness as well, NCAA version. So you can check out all the odds and lines and props for those matchups there. The NBA, obviously, on the road to the postseason. The Bucks still in the mix in the championship odds there. Uh, you can find all the real, real-time real updated odds and props on all those sports and awards TV shows, reality TV as well. Uh, they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On for that. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with Locked On NBA Draft. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So I gave Justin a bit of notice about this. So Camille, you can have some time to think about this while Justin gives his answer um, because it's a little bit unfair of me to throw this on you right now. And by the way, I don't even know if you have time to stay here, but I'm just, uh, I'm locking you in the room. You don't really have, uh, you don't have another answer right now. But Justin, heading towards the playoffs then, as much as I've spoke about the fact that I feel better uh, about this team, I was having this conversation via text with uh, Eric Name, our friend, after the game last night because one of the questions I asked Drew Holiday after the game was, uh, look, we've spoke about consistency all season long and we've said, yeah, they got time to figure it out. they got some new guys. And then Drew Holiday missed a 10-game span in the middle there, which, which threw everything out. And now you look at it 
and you're on the road to the playoffs. You've got 25 games left, and we're still talking about, well, the, the defense is a little bit up and down, and it was, was really not good against the Clippers, and what's the best lineups, and, and where are we going to find this consistency? But I will say this. I've never seen an NBA season quite like this one where you look across at the other contenders, and the Sixers have a question mark with Joel Embiid. The Lakers have a question mark with their own injuries. Brooklyn, is Kevin Durant coming back? We don't really know. So I, I haven't been in a situation or remember a situation like this where there is so many question marks o- over all the top teams. So if there is one concern that you have uh, heading towards the playoffs, what is it right now? Um, well, I guess it would be, you know, not to not to have a cop out here, but my not so much concern, but what I guess will swing things the most is the health of the Nets. For the Bucks, it's their health in that, if they stay healthy and they don't have to deal with extended stretches in the second half of the season where you go through a Drew Holiday out for 10 games in health and safety protocols and P.J. Tucker missing, I got to assume it's going to be around a week plus that he's going to be out with a hamstring issue, that it just tends to be that long. And especially with a veteran player like that, you you know he's here for the playoffs, that you want to be very cautious with him. So I think as long as they can get to – their optimal health by what mid to late April. And they can use those final three or so weeks to just work out the kinks and get set for the postseason. That's the biggest concern facing them that I have. But my biggest concern overall is what's the health of Brooklyn? Because, you know, we talked about it in the beginning of the year too, when they made the trade, everybody that was looking for ways that it was going to fail, it was wishful thinking that if you combine three offensive players like that, as we've seen, it is going to be really, really hard to stop. And I'm not so much talking about the additions like Alamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, who you know I agree aren't necessarily huge ads for them that I think we've kind of overhyped that when we're complaining about the buyout market, but they are still guys that could potentially be useful. It's those three. If they're healthy, it's going to be really tough for anybody to beat Brooklyn, East or West, in a seven-game series. So, so for me, it's the Bucks just – continuing to avoid major health issues um, as they've done so far this season, knock on wood. I mean, the Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis thing separate in the health and safety protocol. So if they can stay healthy and it gives them more and more opportunities to do things like scene zone and being able to play that a little more and say, okay, we're going to use this in the playoffs. We need all the guys that are going to be playing this zone to have some reps at it. That to me is what's most important because I'm with you that this is such a weird year that, you know, just looking through it last night after the game where we were talking about tears on the postgame show of what does the NBA look like? And, you know, I think you could probably make a list of eight, maybe 10, at least, you know, eight to 10 in that range, legitimate title threats this season. Obviously, there's a tier within that of, you know, three or four that are really up there, but there's at least eight teams you can say, you know, if things break their way or if there's other health issues with teams in their conference, they could be playing for a championship this year. By the way, Brendan says, if we get Kane back at Fiserv, I like our chances. Um, the, the only thing I will say with that is that I was there in 2019, unfortunately. So I, I can't claim, I can claim that when, since I moved to Milwaukee the first time the Bucks have at least won a playoff series every year which certainly was not something that happened for a long time but I can't claim that I'm exactly the championship good luck as much as I would like to uh, Camille do you have 
any specific concerns or is it more on, on the broader scale as Justin kind of? Yeah, everything Justin said, I pretty much agree with. Health for the Bucks too, and just being able to execute. That's one thing I've noticed with this team is like you see these spurts where they're they're playing really well. They're all locked in and they're really focused. And as mentioned, they're learning a few different things. They're throwing out some new schemes and wrinkles that they haven't had before. So I just hope that when we get to the playoffs, they're able to execute for the full game uh, and not put themselves in a disadvantage in that way. I don't want to see them falling back into old habits, just quick decision-making, making the right plays, not trying to you know, have any hero ball or anything like that, just playing basketball the right way, being locked in, executing properly. Because I like this team. Like, I really like this year's team. And as mentioned, there's, I think, just like six to eight different people, like teams that you could really say have a chance. I like that the Bucks are one of those teams. Yeah. And I think that if you roll the ball out there and they're able to execute and they're healthy, that we have a chance against just about anybody. Now, if Brooklyn is fully healthy, that's going to be a scary a scary contest to go up against, but I like our chances to, to make something happen. Well, I think the most encouraging thing is, and I guess part of it too, is we have to talk ourselves into this being true and encouraging though, but is the last two years, I think we kind of knew what and, and started to see what the ceiling was for the mm-hmm. team within the regular season where they were just playing at that high of a level that you knew hey, this is what the team could reach, but we've already seen them do it. It's not that they can't get to that level again in the playoffs, but this is where it is. And, you know, we've saw seen other teams in past years that not even as much as what we saw from the Cavs and other teams of we're just resting for the postseason, but you just kind of get better and you see and hear it more and more in football than necessarily basketball. But it's been the opposite with the team this year, where I think we've seen the glimpses of, you know, when they're playing together and when guys are healthy and we saw what they were capable of of doing during that eight game win streak and five game win streak, we've seen stretches of it, but it wasn't the stretch of two months where they're just blowing the doors off of teams. And you realize, well, this is the ceiling for this team. I don't know that we've seen the ceiling for this team yet. So we've been going back and forth a little bit with George in the chat here, who just one last point on Drew Holiday basically says that, you know, based on what he saw in that Portland series that we referenced, um, Justin, that he believes that Drew is legitimately the second guy on this team and the second option. And yeah, we've always discussed, I mean, it's been one of the most used questions on Bucks Twitter, I feel like over the last few years and really in the overall media landscape is Chris Middleton, the number two on the championship team. Well, again, it's just the same situation. Now you've got a, a 2A and a 2B, if you want to call it that, with Middleton and Drew. They're probably going to both have big playoff games as the series rolls on. But you just feel better about having both of those guys. But uh, so far, Drew Holiday's performance hasn't really surprised George, who prob- maybe has, has watched him on a closer basis than I have certainly night to night. Uh, for me, I have a specific concern that has ar- arisen in the last week or so, and that is the health specifically of P.J. Tucker. And the reason I say that is because before he was traded here, we all asked the question and we had to just be realistic and say, well, we don't know what you're going to get from P.J. But that game against Boston last week or on the weekend, uh, whenever it was, I can't even remember what day it is right now, that game against Boston where you got a little tantalizing taste of Tucker switching on to Tatum, switching on to Brown, switching on to Kemba Walker, it showed you what he can bring to this team in a playoff scenario. Now, we've banged on all podcasts about Drew and Chris and Giannis, and we feel good about that. 
But I keep coming back to the the uh, the reference that Frank always makes to the Zach Lowe podcast from the start of the season where he said, I like Drew Holiday to Milwaukee because now I know that they've got three guys in the closing lineup. But who's the fourth guy and who's the fifth guy? So the fourth guy for me, I saw enough in that Boston game that if P.J. Tucker is healthy, then that's your fourth guy. And then you can figure out the rest. You might go small and you might have you know, Dante. You might have a Bryn Forbes who's out there as a shooter. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's another guy that, that's added to the roster. Maybe it's in certain situations it is, you know, Teague, whatever. You can, you can go through the list there. Maybe it's Brooke Lopez. But again, I like that four. And if you put those four defensively on the floor up against any team, then I think you can figure it out. Having Tucker, a healthy Tucker in there significantly increases your chances of being able to have some success or at least slow down the Brooklyn Nets. So the fact that he is struggling with that calf injury at the moment, and I'm sure there's a bit of management there, but I do think from what we saw in the very small flashes from P.J. Tucker, if he's healthy, he can be a difference maker defensively. So that's my biggest concern if you're talking about the Bucks going on a major run in the postseason, getting to the NBA Finals. I think you need him to be healthy, and the fact is he's old. He's old. And, you know, when you start talking about calf injuries, it's not good news. So that's my big concern. Yeah, which is why, again, I know Bud has been very coy about it, and I would be very surprised if we see P.J. Tucker through the weekend, and part of me is even, yeah, I'd be surprised if we see him on this on this trip that maybe he returns for the first home game against the Hornets, which isn't until, uh, what, April 8th or 9th, I think, and for all the reasons that you said that, you know, it was okay to raise an eyebrow and be a little skeptical about what does he have left and wondering is this, you know, the, the team erodes around him in Houston or that he's a guy that's in his mid thirties and has had a lot of wear and tear in his body through the years and really tough minutes that he's played as well. I mean, think about the last few years in uh, Houston where I understand they were one of the best switching teams we've seen and they had years and years of doing it, but they basically asked P.J. Tucker to do everything defensively of, hey, uh, you're going to have to take some smaller guys and you're going to have to take guys that are centers and deal with pounding them in the post and you're going to be out there on the perimeter. Basically, you're the safety net that's catching everything for the other four guys on defense here. And it's fair to say maybe that's taken a toll on him. So um, that's why I, I really think he's the most important to them in the second half because there are so many people outside of Milwaukee and Bucks fans that said, you know, that's actually a really good move. And him coupled with Drew and how we talked about Drew Holiday lets you, offensive stuff aside, just how he lets you do things differently on defense, as we've talked about all year, that changes things drastically in the postseason where you have guys that can do things differently and you're not trying to force them into this is how we do things. So if you throw something our way where you have to change, well, then we run into trouble. So that's why P.J. Tucker, I mean, I think you could make a case his health is most important given his age and dealing with the hamstring injury now for anyone in the second half. Obviously, Giannis is the most important to the team, but P.J. Tucker's health is certainly up there. And that's why I look at it as the very like end of April-ish of as long as we can get to a place of full health by then – and have you know three weeks or so to use it as a warm-up period for the postseason, that's all that matters. So if it means we don't see P.J. Tucker through mid-April and then you gradually work him into place, I'm more than fine with that of dropping some games in the regular season if it means he's going to be healthy in the postseason. 
All right, I got one last quick one for you, Camille, and then we'll wrap this up because, as usual, uh, we are going overtime here. Uh, Nathan, he asked Justin, but I'm asking you, Camille, any thoughts on the Jeff Teague signing or addition to the roster? <laughs> is this is this a signing that emotionally got your attention on any level? It was a shock to me, um, <laughs> given the fact that most of the reports just kept linking Austin Rivers to us. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're getting Austin Rivers, and I can deal with Austin Rivers. You know, kind of a combo guard, can can play up, can guard the one, guard the two, okay. Shoot a couple threes, that's fine with me. When I saw the Jeff Teague news, I was kind of shocked. I, was like, I thought he only played good against the Bucks. I'm not, I don't know how <laughs> this is going to work exactly, but... I'm not – and let me just preface this by saying as well, these are buyout guys, so the the level of my concern is a little bit lower. Like this isn't like we're talking about acquiring different star players. Like we understand what they would bring to the team and what their role is. But Teague is more of a traditional point guard, and I just – I know he's a bug guy, but has history with him, so there's some familiarity there. But it just didn't, it did not excite me in any way. Um I was more excited when I heard that Brandon Knight worked out for the team than I was to hear that Jeff Teague signed with the team. But um, I, it's fine. Like, it's it's a bio guy. It's fine. My only hope is that uh, the Bucks don't also sign Austin Rivers, and we use those two last spots on guards. I'd rather have another big, if possible, uh, on the roster as an end-of-the-bench uh, end guy instead of two additional guards. My uh my excitement for that Brandon uh, Brandon Knight report that I didn't really believe was was going to happen at all was basically like a home brand version of my excitement for Brandon Jennings going back a couple of years ago <laughs> um, for two reasons for two reasons firstly uh, Brandon Knight very likable I, I always wanted him to do well because he, he you know he had a great season or three quarters of a season here before he was traded in a trade that I think. A lot of people look back and think, well, that season in particular, perhaps the Bucks would have been better off. But but I think, uh, you know, Brandon Knight, hopefully he can get back in the league. But I personally was not all that excited about that well, idea. And we forget, too. It's easy to forget because of all the guys that have gone through Kentucky. I mean, Brandon Knight was phenomenal in mm-hmm. college, too, that mm-hmm. you could see it there of this guy just has it athletically. And, you know, I – I feel like, unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for Camille, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I do think they're going to use both spots if they do sign two guys on backcourt positions in that they can add another combo guy if it is Austin Rivers that can play in both spots, but they at least have that traditional point guard as well in the form of Jeff Teague, and it almost feels like what you see with film directors too where you do one for the studio and then you can go make your art piece that it's all right. <laughs> We'll take Austin Rivers, but I'm getting my guy too. And I'm bringing in Jeff Teague, who I've coached in the past, if you're coach Mike Budenholzer. I, I think Rivers will clear waivers either today or tomorrow. So it's going to be interesting to see if something happens relatively quickly here. And I, I wonder if part of it was we know we're going to need some more backcourt depth in the short term. So let's go ahead and do this. And then whether it's Austin Rivers when he clears or if something else opens up, if it's like a Wayne Ellington or if it's an Avery Bradley type, uh, we'll use the second spot on that, but let's wait and see what else is out there. No, it's a fair point you make. Uh, we will wait and see. And like we mentioned at the start, if you stay under the tax anyway, and you know you can argue whether you think that's worthwhile, but the fact the Bucks can add another guy and stay under the tax, then why wouldn't you do it? More depth. We don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be an unpredictable 
uh, postseason for sure and run to the playoffs here. There's no doubt about that. Camille, uh, thank you for allowing me to drag you into this without (laughs) officially asking you if you were actually up for it. Hey, no problem. It was fun. Justin, uh, tomorrow, I guess... It's another late night for you. I, I probably won't bother trying to get you to podcast at one o'clock, but is this, are you already over this West Coast road trip? Where are you at? Um, no, I mean, not yet. I feel like that's not going to come until Saturday night or Monday night. That It's usually the first two games are like, you know, it's not, it's not bad. It's a nice change of pace where you get to watch basketball late. You get to see and do stuff throughout the day that, you know, ordinarily I'm getting to the arena hours before pregame starts so it's it's kind of nice but uh, once you get three or four games of it then you're like okay this this trip can be over i remember last year i didn't go on the west coast road trip and the bucks were in portland and there was a huge snowstorm in milwaukee and i ended up going to one of the i was just at home and i was like man i'm really bored right now i gotta get out i'm gonna watch this game so i went to some random bar on brady street it was the first time I've ever heard of this. The guy was, I ordered a beer and he's like, why don't you just go to the fridge? We got all these craft beers, $1 because it's a snowstorm. And I was like, man, uh, I, I live in an apartment. I, I didn't have to do any shoveling. Bring on the snowstorms. If it means $1 beers, bring on the snowstorm. So I watched the Blazers. I probably can't even remember the end of the game. Did I podcast after that game? I doubt it. I was blind after drinking $1 <laughs> beers all night at this Brady Street bar. But anyway, let's wrap it up. Bucks and Lakers, again, this is going to be a 9 p.m. tip. Uh, and Andre Drummond making his first appearance for the Lakers. He's going to start. So, you know, the Lakers get some support because they have no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, and, of course, the big one, no Jared Dudley as well. So uh, we will get to that game. I will do some sort of post-game pod after that one. Hopefully the Bucks get back on track because they need to. This is absolutely a game that they must win against the Lakers to, uh, of course, keep touch at the top of the East. So we thank everyone for joining us on Locker Room. If you aren't with us on Locker Room, make sure you download the app and join us next time because it is a whole lot of fun. So for Justin and Camille and myself, we'll speak to you guys after the Lakers game.